Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Romans. Today is episode 539. Look at Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. Let's read our passage. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children, and if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. This is Paul's letter to the church in Rome. He's in Corinth on his third missionary journey, and his intention is to go to Rome after he accompanies the collection to Jerusalem. His desire is to strengthen the church in Rome, and he's providing this advanced letter to give them a theology of the gospel. Remember, they don't have the New Testament yet. This is part of the New Testament that he's writing right now. And so all they have is the gospel they've been explained, is that you can be forgiven of sin and justified by faith, and that's pretty much it, based on what Christ has done. So now Paul's given a, a more in-depth theology for them. He began Romans talking about sin, that sin's a universal problem. Everyone is under condemnation because of sin. And there's no excuse whether you are a Gentile, have never heard of God, never seen the scriptures, or whether you're a Jew, a follower of Judaism and know the Old Testament by heart. There is no out for anyone. Everyone's a sinner and under condemnation. The only solution is justification by faith. Justification means to be declared righteous. It occurs through faith, and that's always been the case. And he showed the example of Abraham. Abraham was justified by faith, not by following the law, but by faith. He believed God. He trusted God. And Paul was contrasting the law and the spirit. Living under the law is doomed to failure because you can't follow the law because you're sinful nature, because you're born spiritually dead. And until you're brought to life through the Spirit, you cannot do anything to please God. And so the, the key of all this is justification by faith. Chapter 7, he talked about the living under the law, which leads to sin and death. But in chapter 8, he's talking about living in the Spirit. part we looked at last time, verses 1 through 13, was the Spirit gives life. Now today, verses 14 through 17, it's really talking about a spirit of adoption. And verse 14 begins with four, for all those led by God's Spirit. And that's follow on to verse 13, where he said, But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And the question will be, well, how do you do that? Well, that's what he's talking about now, how that comes about. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. So, how do you do what was in verse 13? Well, you do it because you're led by God's Spirit. And nobody on their own can do these things to put to death the deeds of the body and thereby live. It only comes through the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. Now, being led doesn't just mean being guided on a, well, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit what to do today, and I'll ask the Holy Spirit what to do tomorrow. 
It means a, a lifestyle, a pattern of living a life devoted to following the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be led by God's Spirit. And those that are led by God's Spirit are God's sons. So if you're led by the Spirit, does that make you a son? No, it's really it's the evidence. The evidence of being a child of God is being led by the Spirit. And so often we, we look and say, okay, that person made a statement of faith, that person got baptized, that person walked the aisle, that person prayed the prayer, and so they must be a follower of Christ. So maybe a better question is, does this person show evidence of the Holy Spirit in their lives? Not so much knowledge of the Scripture, not so much being respectable, but do they show the evidence of the Holy Spirit? And a good place to look there would be Galatians chapter 5, where he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, those characteristics of life which come from being led by the Holy Spirit. And that comes with people who are children of God. So the fruit of the Spirit, he talks about in Galatians 5, that's the proof of being a child of God. He explains a little more here, verse 15. He says, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, this is a big deal here, this idea of adoption. The picture it kind of paints for us is that prior to this condition, we were orphans, we were alone, we had had no father, and now we have been adopted by God. And this is why we often talk about a relationship with God, being adopted by God. And it comes through being justified by faith. When we come to God in faith, faith in Jesus Christ, and then are justified, declared righteous by God, forgiven of sin, and something else that happens with that is adoption. And he specifically calls this the spirit of adoption. Well, he's talking about the Holy Spirit here. The Holy Spirit's the one who makes all this come about. And he's the one by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So it's because of the Holy Spirit that we can even recognize that God is our Father. And he uses the word term, Abba, Father. Now, that occurs three places in the Bible. Mark 14, Jesus uses it to address God, and, and here in Romans 8, and Paul uses it in Galatians 4, and there he's using the adoption terms again. Now, what does Abba mean? It's an Aramaic word. The word father, that's just the Greek word pater, which gets translated as father. That's exactly what it means, is father. Abba, father. Now, you never see Abba without father, so it's Abba, father. Now, what's the best translation for that? Well, it's hard to say. That's why they don't translate it. They just leave it as the Aramaic word. Some say, people want to say, well, it means daddy. Well, not really. Daddy's more something a child would use, but it does carry something of that. Uh, some say it's more dear father, but it's just a term of endearment, Abba Father, endearment and trust, close relationship. So yeah, it's not wrong to think of it as daddy, but daddy maybe is a little too juvenile of a uh, of, of a context. Most adults don't call their fathers daddy, but it, dear father, just think close, trusting, intimate relationship. And that's the picture we're given of the relationship we can have with God, Abba Father. 
dear father, daddy. And that comes about by adoption. He explains it further in verse 16. He says, the Spirit himself, we talk about the Holy Spirit, testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. This shows the involvement of the Holy Spirit in all this. The Holy Spirit basically reveals to us our relationship with God. It's not just a, a knowledge thing that we're taught. It's not just an emotional thing that we feel. It, it is both those things. But it's more than that. It's a spiritual thing. And the Holy Spirit himself reveals to us individually at a spiritual level this relationship with God and, and activates it and allows us to even come to God as children of God. They continues in verse 17, and if children also heirs. Now, what's an heir? An heir is somebody who inherits something. And it goes on, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. So what do we inherit? Well, he talks about we're co-heirs with Christ. So what's Christ inherit? Oh, quite a bit. And some of this has got to be explained in the already not yet terms we talked about earlier. That, okay, we're already in the, the new age to come, but not yet. It's not fully here. We're already in the kingdom of God, but not fully. So some of this inheritance idea is at play here too. Already we've been adopted as God's children, but we've still got that inheritance part. Some of us already at play. What do we inherit? Well, blessings of the kingdom. And that kind of crosses both lines, the already and the not yet. And the already, well, he does mention suffering. We inherit a role of suffering along with Christ. But yet, in the not yet, what's still to come part of the inheritance, he mentions glorification. And what's glorification? Well, that's in the end when Christ returns and sets things right. We are glorified and made more like him. And that's where we have eternal life and heaven. Now, sometimes in popular thought, people throw around terms like everybody is a child of God. Well, biblically, that's not true. If we think about before salvation, after salvation, before under condemnation, and then after justification, justified by faith, that is declared righteous. Before, we're dead in sin, after alive in Christ. Before, spiritually dead, after spiritually alive. Before, enemies of God, after children of God, through adoption, through the spirit of adoption. People are not children of God until they've been adopted by God through justification by faith. Now, what's the order of things? There's not really any order. It all happens together. We have faith in Jesus Christ, and God justifies us based on that faith, declares us righteous, forgives us of sin, adopts us as his children, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. All those things happen simultaneously. It's all the same thing going on, but with different nuances to it. This idea of being adopted by God is a really big deal. So it's more than just being forgiven of sin and going to heaven. It's being adopted by God to where we now have this tight relationship with God where we can actually call him Abba Father, like Jesus did, and have this close 
trusting relationship, which is all facilitated by the Holy Spirit. God himself, God the Holy Spirit, dwells within us to facilitate our relationship with God the Father, by which we can call him Abba Father, based on faith in Jesus Christ, who we're now co-heirs with. It's, it's all a pretty interesting thing and pretty neat deal. So as we think about coming to Christ, as we think about justification by faith, there's the legal aspect of no longer being under the penalty of sin, no longer being guilty, now declared innocent. There's the promise, no longer promise of eternity separated from God in hell, but eternity with God in heaven. There's also the relational aspect of we're no longer enemies of God, but we're now adopted by God as God's own children, by which we can, just as Jesus did, cry out, Abba, Father. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Romans.